Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is BIPOC Credits, a show that shines a light on the Black, Indigenous, and people of color who work in the booming BC film industry with high hopes of creating a more diverse Hollywood North behind and in front of the camera. Want to learn about the people behind your favorite movies and TV shows? Keep listening. Want to learn how to survive and thrive in the film industry? Keep listening. Want to convince your parent or guardian to let you be a part of the film industry? Keep listening. Welcome to BIPOC Credits. Here's your host, Andy Wong. Hello, thank you so much for joining us today on BIPOC Credits. I'm your host, Andy Wong, and did you know over a billion dollars come into Vancouver every year solely in the visual effects and animation industry, but visual effects alone has a multitude of different facets. Today, my friend Rodman Sevilla talks about his occupation as a compositor. Having worked on Angry Birds, Woo Assassins, The Morning Show, the infamous musical Cats, and Sonic the Hedgehog, Rodman's expertise in this field shines in our conversation. He goes into detail of what to expect going into visual effects, from the creative aspects to the political. Specifically, visual effects artists have been fighting for more overtime pay for years, and Rodman explains in detail the whole story behind how the industry changed for the better. And finally, with us both being Asian Canadian, we connect about how media has influenced our creativity and the change we hope to see in the future. Now, if this is something that sounds interesting to you, stick around because without further ado, here's my conversation with Rodman Sevilla. Rodman, thanks so much for uh, being here with us. Uh, I just had one very important question to start everything off which is, uh, did they really have the buttholes on cats when you VFX? <laughs> uh, well, first, thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, man. But uh, yeah, no, uh, I did work in Cats, um, uh, the, the film. Um, and uh, to set the record straight, I mean, it's already out there on Twitter. And so I think it's an editor already. Uh, mentioned it too. Um, yes, they did have a butthole uh, in in cats. There was a there's actually a butthole version. Yeah. Um, people had to clean it up, man. I actually sat with a with a coworker of mine who pointed it out because she had a shot where the the tails were actually shooting up. Yeah. And uh, she mentioned it to me. She's like, "Hey, uh, 
did you notice that there's a butthole in here? <laughs> why the hell would there be? Why the hell are there buttholes in this? So anyway, it's just because of the fur, the way they, the way they modeled the fur, it just right. comes out from the bottom, like it's just at the end of the right. tail because they think that that art will never be shown anyway. So, so the fur kind of starts from the end of the tail, which is where the butthole is, and it just looks like that when the tail. So someone actually had to clean it up. <laughs> that that person wasn't you though. You didn't have uh, to go through and clean up. The no. Butthole. No, bro. Uh, we did. Uh, we did a lot of other hard um, uh, lifting on the other parts of the project, but uh, it it was uh, not my job, thankfully. Uh, although, can you talk a bit about what your involvement was with cats? Uh, what you were a VFX compositor, right? What what yes, did that yeah. consist of? Um, okay, so it it can vary depending on the shot, but for the the film itself, it was mostly you know. Um, Com, uh, comping or putting together like the, the the 3d aspect of or the 3d render on top of the 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 face that we have it's just depending on the shots depending on the shot sometimes it's adding the reflection in there or taking out the blue screen you know the typical stuff uh painting out the uh the wireframes how are each task assigned to you um, it depends on, uh, I think it just depends on, on, okay. So I think they're our supervisors or whoever is, uh, allocating these shots. They just give it around to artists who they think would be capable on working on, on the scenes. And, um, and from time to time, if in a big project like this, they would most likely just give it around to everyone. And, um, and at the end of the day, that, that shot will never be worked on by one person anyway, because that will go back. It will go to the client, it will go, it will come back, and then someone might be picking that up again. So it's uh it's usually like everyone's working on the same shot and or or like the most complicated shot will obviously go to um to to the most the senior artist. Um and the easy ones will go to, you know, to the junior ones and stuff like that. So just depending on how uh the supervisors feel and um or the leads and and whoever's allocating the shot. So I guess that from my understanding, that workflow is that um, this, this, this task will be assigned to someone to, let's say, let's say, um, remove the butthole, for example. And then, <laughs> and then, and then the, the, that person will do that and then send it back to the client. And then the client will send it back if he doesn't like it. And then another VFX artist will try removing that. Um, if, if the, if the first person can do it, like, let's say I, there's no way I can, let's say I really did, I couldn't handle the butthole and like, I, my, it's like, I couldn't do it creatively. I couldn't paint it out or anything. Someone else right. would, would pick up the shot. And yeah, that's when you kind of, you know, feel a little bad because it's someone else is cleaning it up for you or someone else is picking up your, your work shit, uh, your, right. your workload. And, um. And, then, and at the end of the day, it's a collaborative process. Yeah. And this is just uh, strictly speaking on live action films. Uh, when it comes to animation, it's kind of rare for it to go to someone else unless it's, unless it's, um, unless the, 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 the artists have kind of gone to a new show or unless uh, the artist did that they're on the next season or something like that like you know what i mean like it's just impossible for them to pick up 
Yeah. So as a compositor, are you dedicated to something very specific, like just removing or adding things, or or um, uh, I know nothing about visual effects <laughs> at all. It is like my very 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 weak point. Uh, can you kind of explain what things that the compositor is is in charge of and what things they're not in charge of? Um, for live action, um, for the most part, it's, you know, uh, it just, like I said, it's depending on the scenes or the sequences given to the company. Um, I, let's say it's usually cleaning up something. It's cleaning up the, it, it really depends on the, on the, on the shots themselves. So, so the cool part is, is the CGI stuff, you know, or putting in the explosion, putting the, the smoke effect. That's the glitz and glam of it. Yeah, that's the glitz and glam of it. But the big part of it is uh, green screen stuff, which, you know, you, you can see it all, all over YouTube, the green screen stuff. And, um, and the, uh, the wire work, the pinning it out and everything, pinning out the wires. And, um, it just really depends on the project or it depends on right. the director really of what they want out. It's just really the artistic pursuit of these of these directors that we're we're catering to uh, in live action and for but for the the 3D animation of it that's um, it, it's it's uh, it's a whole different thing because it's already set up it's already approved like things are already approved by uh, by like assets are already approved by by the by the producers, by by the by the company itself, and uh, and it, like everyone, the higher ups already approved everything, like the assets, the characters, the colors, and everything. All we need to do really is like put it together, and make it as close as the paint over the paint, the painting that they did, and, you know. And um, oh, okay, yeah. Let's say there's one shot. So whereas yeah, whereas live action, you're more in charge of like finding certain elements and whatnot in animation these things are kind of presented to you and it's up to you to kind of put it in as a compositor is that right for the most part the, the look of it is already done it's it's uh it's just, it's up to you to hit to hit it and make it a, and get it as close as as it can be to what they envision like the colors of the characters for example and and how um yeah, just just how things, are, how bright things are, how like how vibrant things should be, how dark things should be, depending on the episodes, um, or the or if it's a three D three D animation film, then yeah, it just really depends as well, like the look. But but for the most part, that's already um, decided already by by the higher ups, by the producers, by the creators. It, it you just have to get it as close as possible to what they've envisioned. And, um, and uh, you have pictures, you have everything that's already there to help you, to, to guide you. And, uh, you know, your supervisors, you leave. Who, who gives you those uh, pictures and, and I guess, uh, templates that you work off of? Um, they, they've already worked on it like months and, and probably a year before the project, the project has already started um they uh you know it's it's um these images have already gone back and forth between client and 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 the company supervisors and lead and they've already batted it out they've already worked at it they they made the template already and then after they're done they have all the renders ready and then when the show is ready to start they give it to all the artists 
and then the artist will take a look at it and be like, okay, so this is what the characters, and then there will be a turnaround. So it'd be, the character would be in a T-pose. It's called a T-pose where the, the character's arms are, are on the side. And then they, there would be a turnaround. And so they're just kind of like going a 360 yeah. kind of turn. And you can see how the lights are bouncing, the colors of the character, and, um, and you know, how, you know, if the character's blue, what kind of blue is it, right? And then when you're doing your shot, let's say in your shot, this character is like picking up a table or something like that. And it's like in a completely, let's say in a, in a bar, for example. So it's a, so this blue character is now in an orange setting because bars usually have a red or orangey uh, warm setting, right? So now you're thinking as a, as a lighter, as a lighter slash compositor, you're thinking how would blue bounce from with the red color? And then, so now you're kind of like imagining it based on what they have, they've given you uh, in the template. But the template is usually right. like with the white light because it's just yeah. like uh, one light. Usually that's typical like thing. So now you're kind of thinking, okay, maybe this is what it should be. This is what the color should be. And, um, and then that, that, that thing that you're doing becomes the key shot for the rest of that sequence. And then if, if, that's, the one that, if that's the one that the supervisors kind of like pick, from the beginning of the of the episode, then everyone else will kind of um, refer to that specific shot called the key shot, right? And then they will say, okay, so this character, this blue character in the bar, this is what the colors should feel like, gotcha. right? It'd be like, okay, so it's a little bit purple because blue and red would make it a little bit purple. So now that this character in the bar should be a little bit purple, and everyone's sort of like um following your or that you know the, yeah. the key shots color and and everything else and is it the supervisor or is it one of the compositors that end up getting to make that decision usually it's the lead it depends on the the the, the show itself um i don't think the supervisors would right. be that involved it can happen um, but but the lead usually does it so there's a lead vfx artist that kind of leads a team of compositors Yes, and also that lead might give it to a lower compositor who's you know probably a senior compositor who um, is very capable of, of putting a really you know a really kick-ass uh, key shot. Can you talk a bit about that timeline of of what ends up happening after you get that key shot and how much time you actually get to let's say like finish a scene? Some shows are easy. Some shows are super difficult. Like you know we've had. We've had a time with a particular show that was, uh, you know, it was it was quite epic. We had a lot of uh, characters and, and just hundreds of, of just everything going on all, all at once. And, uh, and, and the directors or the creators or, you know, the, the creatives, the people who were up there kind of wanted to push the, the level a little bit more. The look of it a little bit more the the amount of effects the amount of things that's happening and everything so yeah we ended up doing a lot of overtime uh on this particular show and that that's fine because that's part of you know like if that's what they wanted that's yeah we're that's what we do right we we make right. sure we deliver that 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 vision that you have um but the repercussion is is obviously um, the amount of overtime that the company would have to do um, to to the artist. So so yeah, it, it's just if 
there would be a time where okay um the budget has already been kind of stretched and the client even though even though the client probably is not too happy with the shot they'll give it an okay anyway i i don't know how rare or or um or common that is but that that does happen where the client would go okay fine I, this is not really as good as it should be but uh, since we've already stretched the client the the overtime hours and and i don't know maybe the budget that they've given i, I don't know how the, it works for them but um depending on the contract they'd probably let it go and just give it a green light and like give that give that green check mark uh of approval um yeah. but there there are times where you know directors are so adamant and and would want that to be as to be as close as perfect as they want it to be which is a fair you know a thing because every creative should push for the quality that they that they want it to be yeah for sure. um uh, but you know like there, there's also on the other end of the line are artists kind of with with back problems and uh, you know because yeah, they're sitting too long at the chairs and and whatnot exactly yeah yeah so so there's that yin and yang you guys do actually get paid for overtime and whatnot though right it's not um it's not that they don't pay you for overtime because you screwed up or something like that do they that's a good question um so before this was a big thing a long time ago uh well long not so long ago um back in what year was that 2015 when um uh do you remember the movie uh what's that movie the seth rogan movie sausage party you remember that yeah yeah i do remember sausage party yeah okay so so there was a great a big debacle on that one because uh the company nitrogen um they they worked on that project for two three years i forgot how many years they worked on it but the artists the animators worked on it for so long and with a lot of overtime and um and uh oh it's i think uh, nitrogen is i think it's called cinesite now or maybe it's their parent company or something but anyway um so nitrogen worked on it for two or three years um and they they you know everyone worked on it it's it's a beautiful project and uh and and uh, a lot of overtime uh was uh used and um what happened was they they didn't pay um the the artists and that's that's that was actually a common practice because of uh um in our contract there's a thing there's a clause called um or there's a line called high tech professionals or something like that uh-huh. like it's called like high tech professionals like you are a high tech professionals if you work in an animation industry and what that means is you your job is to create um like programs and softwares or something like that right like that's what it says in the law what and okay. which means that any overtime it means that any overtime it you're not you're not getting paid any overtime because of that because you i don't know what the reason is i think it's cuz it's like your you, the program that you're creating or you're developing that's totally up to you and in your right. own 
like, hour or something. In a way, you're kind of working for a contract kind of thing. This is this is the money that you get paid, and 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 because you're designed to like make this one program per se, um, if you uh, this is the money you're gonna get for making this program, and 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 you won't get overtime because of that. Yes, that something something along that line. So that's that that's uh, that was in our. Um, yeah, that was in our in our contract, right? That that word that that clause called "you are high tech professionals," and that's a loophole that these yeah. um, companies kind of um, uh, took advantage took advantage of back in the day. Or you know, right. I don't know if they're still doing it now. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen any high tech professional in my contracts that I've, uh, that that I've seen lately. But before, I did see that. I did notice it. And um, and no one really you know because no one knew what the hell that meant, but and no one really questioned why they never paid us overtime. So so it was it was uh, yeah what they would normally do is pay you a bo- boxes of pizzas or a glass of beer, which is in a way it's like okay wow okay it's at the end of the night we're pushing for eight hour uh, more than eight hours of work uh, work on a day or more than forty hours in a week um thanks for the pizza thanks for the dinner thanks for the blah 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 and and all that kind of stuff you know the camaraderie that you make along the way with friends at the end of the night um kind of makes it worth it per makes se it like worth that. it uh, yeah in no, um, yeah in the environment that you're in because you guys are all brothers and so, like, you guys are all friends and you guys are all like yeah. pulling this this overnight shift thing you guys are trying to make the kick-ass like shots and, and deliver an episode or a movie and that was um, that was the thing. Back to the the sausage party. So that's what that's what was go- that, that 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 was what was going on, right? And prior to that, right. And so and so um, a lot of artists complained for that movie um, because of just uh, unpaid overtime and everything. And so there was a there was a lawsuit that happened against the company, and um, and they argued it. The uh, about the whole high tech professional thing, and they won. That was a big thing. I remember. They yeah, they the the artists won, animators won. Right. So after th- 2015, or you know, oof, yeah, yeah, 2015 or yeah, the, about that time, 2015, 2016, there was this time where companies, like animation companies, were kind of, um, like they had to send emails and stuff. Like they go, I remember. Uh, Said, uh, reading this email and 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 the talk that everyone was, was having in the in the building after about uh, about as soon as it's six o'clock, get out of here! <laughs> like we don't want you anymore unless unless it needs to be you know what I mean like unless we, unless you have to stay or unless you you have to really finish the shot because now um, they now they have to pay you overtime they can't get away with you yes exactly they can't get away with that anymore yeah do you read the contracts now that you're given yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely that thing that happened yeah. between yeah. nitrogen and um and the artists that was a big win for us are the vfx companies kind of like on the opposing end i think it can depend on number one the project and number two the company itself because there are good companies there are like okay you gotta work for this company because they pamper you but yeah for the most part man i i, I believe companies do have um uh sort of pushing for the ethical 
the ethical um, um, sort of uh, practices. Um, and, uh, and I think that's what they should do anyway. Because, man, there's nothing better than a happy artist. Like, I, I, I don't know why a company would, would strive to make or would not care about their artists. Because a lot of times, these visual effects companies are created by visual effects artists anyway. Um, so, so these people would know the landscape of the land and, and, um, and would say, okay, we can't, we can't push our artists this much. You know, or, 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 but at the same time, if they, they're also, we're also um, people pleasers kind of thing. Like, okay, we, if, if the director really wants this, that's fine. We will try to deliver, we're, we're going to try to deliver the, you know, your vision. I think that's what every artist should strive for. Anyway, I think that's what every artist strives for. Not just what I think, but I think, yeah, I think that it's a, it's a common thing that, that we, we try to do is like this is this is the look that you want okay well we're gonna tr do our best to deliver as much as we as we can possible creatively and also with with the time that that is given to us um so for the most part um the companies would work for the artists would try to uh, make sure the artists are are comfortable and they would not but at the same time on the other hand, they're probably yeah. So it's like they're washing their hand with they're shaking they're shaking both hands like the client the client with the money and the artist who works for the the or sorry and the artist who works for the company. So they're shaking both hands really. In your opinion, though, like why would something like that sausage party incident happen if if the comp if the VFX companies are wanting to support their I, I, I'm not too sure because I, I didn't work um in that company during the time of, of yeah course. but but I can I can try yeah. to, I can probably try to like theorize um like it, it could have been it could have been because you know whoever directed the the, the project uh, wanted to push the look wanted to maybe they they didn't plan it too much maybe it wasn't planned out uh well enough um, for the pipeline to to work properly, maybe because I don't know, it, it can be. There's a lot of variables that that will that 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 will um, that that will give uh, an, an insurmountable amount of overtime at the end of the day. There, there's a lot of variables, man. Like you can never predict it. It could be yeah. It could be like someone maybe the writing changed, and uh, and when they maybe they they, they had a test. You know, it could happen where like a test audience would, okay, we don't like this ending. And then they're like, now they're pushing for, okay, we got to do, um, uh, yeah, we got to change the characters. They, they got to pay you for for that though. Um, like why, how could they get away with, well, I mean, I guess it's part of that. Oh, yes. Good question. Because, um, because um, uh, uh, a lot of times in, um, in live action, uh, there's a bid. There's a bidding thing that happens. So, so uh, for a movie, for example, yeah. So for a movie, for example, like a big blockbuster movie, a lot of um, companies work on uh, on one movie, right? But they would bid for that specific sequence or or shot or whatever, right? It depends on. I don't know how it works in the bidding in the bidding war, but um, but companies would bid for that and say, okay, we'll 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 work on that project for 
I don't know how many million dollars, whatever, or whatever thousands of dollars, right? right? And then the company yeah. was like, okay, fine. Company A, you get this. Company B, company C, if you guys are still, let's say company B and company C are still bidding for that one specific sequence in the movie. Like, oh, they really want the Hulk right. shot or the the whole, the whole, like, let's say that, that Captain America holding the, the Mjolnir thing. And like, everyone wants that because that's like the coolest shot ever, right? And then there would be a, a bidding war that would happen. And then B, company B, company C would say, okay, they would go as slow as they can, which is, which is like the weirdest right. thing. Like, okay, well. Yeah, it's like yeah, reverse, reverse bidding, bidding war. We'd be like, okay, we want that bid. shot for, we'll get that shot for $200. Like, which is not, that's like, that's not, that's not a good like, yeah. example, but let's just say they'd be like, we'll, we'll do that shot yeah. for, you know, 100,000, 500. I don't know how, like how many. Right. bucks yeah it costs right cost. so let's just say and they go as slow as they can yeah. and then that's what the company would be okay they go yeah gotcha. company b you get this and so that's why something like that would yeah happen. and then that's the that's the money that's allocated to that shot to that uh they, they probably would have like a right. little bit more just in case they need to have like i don't know whatever but anyway so company b would get that five hundred five hundred thousand dollar like sequence and then that's the that's the only amount of money that they can give to the artist and if the shot needs more work and needs more overtime sorry to say it bro but they've already you know they've already spent the five hundred thousand dollars so we have to give you pizzas <laughs> so how have things changed now yeah now now i think everyone's sort of like trying to work well the clients trying to they kind of understand that they can't push too much anymore i think that's how it's working now and i feel like you know uh our also our leads and our supervisors obviously um uh know know this as well so they can't push us to um they can't push the artists anymore too much if if overtime doesn't need to happen um yeah you know then so are they extending the timeline more now or are they compromising on the quality of shots um i think i think a little bit of both it's more of compromising like i mentioned earlier like it's like when they go okay we've, we've already spent all our our funds on on this episode or whatever so let's just approve it i see yeah it can still happen all the all the unpaid overtimes can still happen to this day. I'm not I'm not too sure, but you know um, that that's the thing that that artist needs to be aware of is that that um, yeah that that they need to be aware if um, if the overtime that that they're doing is is paid or unpaid, and if it's fair or not fair, and whether they should speak up or not, because uh, if they don't speak up that's that's where we fall into this this black hole of uh of slavery or, or whatever it might be that's not healthy for for number one for the artist and number two for the for the company for the industry yeah, yeah. for in for the especially for the industry because yeah. the, the industry needs to yeah yeah the industry needs to uh, speak up a little bit, you know, and uh, and uh, just realize the amount of power that it has because everyone needs visual effects. Everyone needs uh, a 3D compositor or, or an artist. Like there's no movie out there that doesn't have a, a visual effects or a compositing part of component to it. So 
yeah, it, it's uh, it's it definitely needs to be delivered at all. You need to be there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Can you talk a bit about um, di- the diversity aspect of, of the crew members that you work with and uh, whether or not you had any uh, troubles as a Filipino Canadian working in the, in, in the VFX world? Um, yeah, absolutely. The, so the, the good thing is um, in visual effects uh, or in, in the industry, in the visual effects industry, it's it's pretty diverse. It's actually um, it, it's all over the place. It's actually which is kind of beautiful to to see. Um, yeah, a lot of Filipinos. Um, well, I wouldn't say a lot of Filipinos. I would say probably maybe ten percent, five percent Filipinos. I haven't seen a lot of uh, visual effects Filipino artists, but uh, but there are some. And then you know there would be another ten of of uh, people from South America and then people from Europe. It's pretty diverse out there for, for anyone who has a creative talent and sort of um, this creative pursuit in filmmaking. It's always been diverse as far as I can remember. And um, they might be pushing a little bit more now for diversification, but it's, it has, al- it has ho- always been very healthy uh, when it comes to the diversification. Um, and, um, the, and the big thing that kind of happened recently though, I think if I remember it was this, um, the, the Dave, um, what's called the Dave tax credit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The Dave tax credit, the uh, digital artist 
no sorry digital animation animation visual effects visual yeah visual yeah. effects um tax credit um uh it, yeah post-production tax credit and what happened was uh if i remember correctly that happened recently too um yeah i don't know when that was but anyway um uh, yeah it's uh it's um it was one of those times where where some of my uh, South, uh, South American friends had to go back home in Mexico because uh, the tax credit kind of they needed to fill it in with with Canadian um, um, you know with ca- Canadian citizens. Right. Uh, there's like a, a certain amount of of percentage that needs to be Canadian citizens. So a lot yeah. of people who are not from here had to go home. Um, so I did see that that happened. I don't understand it quite because essentially production can can only get these tax credits on the labor that uh, of Canadian labor, which is essentially why they they have to only hire Canadian in that sense. Otherwise, they don't get to save the money that they budgeted. I mean, that's kind of a complicated dichotomy because on one hand, that Dave tax credit is an additional sixteen percent off of off of the labor that production is paying for. So um, uh, on one hand, it like gives incentive to come to Canada. But what people don't realize is that, you know, side effect that it might affect the people who are trying to work in these industries um, that are not citizen. But with that being said, it is still a very diverse industry in, in the VFX world. Is that right? I'd say it's pretty diverse. I, I, I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I would say I'm happy to kind of say that it's, it's a pretty, it's a beautiful sort of environment because this is where, where you see it. You get to hang out with, with people from all over the world, kind of thing. You get to go for lunch, get to lunch with them, and or have a beer with them at the end of the day. Actually, the unpaid overtime, you know. <laughs> um, you get to know their language and who they are and stuff like that. So it does, it's a pretty healthy environment when it comes to diversification. And I think that's what's called, cool. that's, yeah, that's a good thing in the visual effects uh, post-production. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about your uh, independent filmmaking work and, and how v- your experience as a VFX artist has uh, affected, uh, let's say, Seahorse Trainer? <laughs> that that one's uh best animation in Seattle International is that right? Um right right um first uh, I uh, see yeah it's it's so weird that that actually I just I forgot that that was uh, that that one the anima- best <laughs> animation because it's not an animated film at all it's a live yeah. action film but it did yeah. win best animation in, uh, in Seattle International Film Festival which is like a, a really good festival by the way um. Yeah. Uh, the so yeah. So your question was uh, how how this affects or my 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 life as a producer in for for CORs? Yeah. Or like, how has your experience working in visual effects affected uh, how you create projects, create shorts, and and what? Right. Uh, right. Um. Well, I it it's it's both i try to marry both at the same time because um in my own time i'm also a writer and you know i want to direct someday and and also um you know produce more projects and stuff like that and so and so so what i do is i try to marry both of these things so 
what I what I know in my in my line of work, which is compositing, um, lighting and compositing. Uh, I try to learn as much as I can. I try to like see the pipeline at work, how they work when it comes to um, the look that they try to push the the even just the look, the story itself, how does how does it work and and you know and poke around in the and the folders within folders of, of 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 projects and just to see the creative pursuits that they do and learn from that. Right. You have access to a lot of the uh, like lookbooks and bibles and whatnot of big TV shows uh, like Disney and the it depends on uh, depends on the company. Sometimes they they are open. There, it's it's there for you to see. Yeah, it's it's there for you to see. So I you can take a look because yeah, if, if that's how they want the creative world that they're that's if that's how they want it do want to do it. That's that it does happen. Or a company would be like, but yeah, it's it's a clear door. You can take a look how these how these projects are made. But if you're in the project, but if you're in the project anyway, those folders are are um available to you like the screenplays and everything so i do read the screenplays and i do love reading the screenplays before jumping on any episode and i love it i love reading the screenplays because there are jokes in there that that you'd never see at the end of the because it would just like you'd completely miss it because it, it didn't it didn't get delivered really right in the you know in the audio department so you know things like that and plus as a compositor as a as an animated animation compositor if you read the screenplay you get to actually and read the screenplay or watch the uh, the animatic um or the animatic is you know, the 2d animated the sort of like uh, rough drawings and stuff like that oh okay. um if you if you watch the animatic or the the screen, or if you read the screenplay before you work on an episode or your shots, you get to understand the feeling, the mood of that certain sequence. So I do love reading the screenplay before jumping on an episode. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah. So so that's what I do. So I try to pick it up uh, and learn from these shows, and then when I go home or you know in my computer, I kind of. Um, um, try to learn from those practices and um, and sort of in a way, uh, kind of imitate it, imitate it and adapt it. So, in, for the Seahorse trainer, that's what I did. I uh, learned I learned how their pipeline worked for the company I used to work for, and then and then um, and then I adapted it for the for the project when Ricardo uh, Bonisoli, the director of Seahorse trainer, and Babak Pina. My friends, they when they said, "Okay, we have this film." The the guy who trains seahorse, seahorse says, "Okay, cool. It's a visual effects. It's a live action visual effects stuff." And so I, I you know, as a as a producer of that, I had to kind of create uh, some sort of pipeline for everyone to work on, like how the animators would work off with with the modelers, with the three D modelers, and then you know what I mean. So the, yeah. oh, sorry, the three D modelers would how they would work with the animators and how the animators would work with the lighter with the lighters and then right. the lighters would work with the compositors so it's like all of that pipeline was kind of mirrored and um and adapted in visual effects in like in a company there's a team of animators there's a yeah. team of of lighting and compositors there's a team of 
modelers who would, you know, who's allocated their job is just really to make that to make that chrome look like a chrome in the real world, you know. That's that's their job. And there's a team of riggers. It's like, okay, so after after the modelers do their job, the riggers would put bones on that thing. And then after that, the anim the team of animators would make that move. And then after that, the lighters and compositors would light that and put it together. And also there's a team. So so it's a lot of time. That's so interesting. Um, also, I would have never even considered all of those different elements coming together and making yeah, just a it, simple role. Yeah, exactly. So so in the in the uh, independent world, it's not it's not um, easy or light to have just like okay, yeah, I want I want a a, a seahorse or a visual or you know a robot or something for this episode right. or for this this movie um, because you really have to start thinking of okay um i i do need to have this lighter i need to have these people you can't just hire one person or two people you have to probably five or six just for that one shot um so so anyway so it's not so what would you recommend independent filmmakers do if they want to approach you with something like asking them asking you to build a um, lot for them Number one, I would recommend to really understand it, it, the 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 shot that that you have. Um, so I mean, the story. Obviously, let's say let's say your the story is is just a guy walking on the street, right? And for some reason, um, you you didn't like. Um, let's say you wanted. There's someone. Who, there's a there's a background character who's like looking at the looking at the film crew let's just say right right and and the director would go oh i don't like this person it needs to be edited out yeah. but the problem is your camera is moving right right so it's not just it's not it's just, it's not like we don't have a button that we press and then magically that 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 person yeah that person goes away it disappears it's like you know no we have to as a compositor we have to make sure the camera um that we track it in digitally we, we create a digital recreation of the camera that you have because it's a moving camera and then and then secondly um we have to paint that out so if there needs to be a roto a rotoscoping uh, job involved we need to frame by frame clean out that person gotcha. if an independent creator needs to put like a, a shot on a on on the visual effects are stable they need to really think do do i need to do this or no because like, if you don't need to man like who cares man just like who cares just leave it out let the person yeah be in the background yeah but let's say it is like a robot that they want to build i think number one plan it out maybe six months to a year in advance for you to like really think of are these really of the look yeah because yeah, exactly. Because if you have a big vision for your for your for a short film or for a, an independent feature length or whatever, um, obviously you really need to plan it out and see right. if if, um, if this robot needs to be there or if it really needs to be there in the story. Obviously, obviously it depends on the story. Um, think about how practical you want to do it, right? And uh, and for practicality. Um, which part of it would be visual effects? You know, is it could just be the the folds on the on the 
let's say you have a let's say your your alien is a suit for example there would be creases and folds on that suit right now think about how you would probably want to clean that out because you don't want to make that look like a suit suit. you want to make that look like a skin yeah exactly. right Uh, or you don't you don't want to make it look like a suit like a a person in in an alien suit or something right so you want to make sure those creases and folds in the zippers are cleaned out so so think of think plan it out with a visual effects artist like maybe six really getting a vfx artist on board early on and uh, even like early on yeah gotcha yeah absolutely because a lot of a lot of there's a joke in the thing where we say we will clean it and post (laughs) i remember yelling that uh when we were shooting seagulls trader and i was just yelling i was like we'll clean it and post bro (laughs) and it's not (laughs) it's it's not a good practice because no. because really you, you don't want to say that at all. Yeah. you don't want to say we'll clean it and post let's just say uh your, your story is a sci-fi movie um you need to yeah you need to really have um, a visual effects artist in there on set to plan out your shots to get the colors corrected to have um uh the, the 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 color the color yeah the colors to be to be correct for the camera and and everything that needs to be documented where the cameras are and the the light where the lights are because that needs to be replicated on set yeah right so even so even for the seahorse trainer for example we needed to have um, an artist in there to to document where the lights are what the colors are um the what sh- what camera uh was being used for this shot and uh the 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 lens that they were using so then we can replicate that in 3d so when when we put it together in 3d um we're actually using the same parameters that we did on set so the lens will be replicated the the 3d lens um the 3d camera lens would be the same as the one that we use on set you know the, the height from the ground uh can also depend um and wow. if the camera's moving yeah if the camera these moving, are all things that all you would those... just never consider as an independent filmmaker that would go into into yeah final it, visual it, it really yeah so think of it think of it heavily if your if your film is visual effects heavy talk to a competent artist right away before you start, you know, writing. Has your uh, stories changed much since Seahorse Trainer? And are you working on anything uh, new right now? We've been doing a lot of uh, side projects. And uh, we, we, we're, yeah, we've been lucky enough to actually, you know, have, well, right now the Seahorse is, is we've kind of left Seahorse by itself now. It's, I right. think it's on, on Prime, Amazon Prime right now. Amazon Prime, check um, it out. So, um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do a shameless plug. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> We're there already. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no. Check it out on um, Amazon Prime. But it's uh, yeah. See the Sea Trainer, directed by Ricardo Bonisoli and Babak Bina. It's on Amazon Prime, and we've kind of left it out there right now. And I think it's still going around on on festivals or something. It's even though this was done like two years ago. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, now we're just sort of uh, doing a lot of side projects with uh, other directors as well. We're right. uh, helping 
uh, their directors like you know with visual effects uh, whether it be visual effects and uh, or writing uh, we're writing for one producer right now uh, with Rookster films with with my buddies they were kind of uh, focusing on the quirky uh, side of things so so Rookster films uh, they we we have a flavor that we kind of like as a team, which is the quirky, independent look of it, which is um, uh, inspired by David Lynch type of project, and and um, you know the surreal aspect of things. So when so writing or producing or even making short clips that we have on Instagram, um, oh, cool. we're making it on the same flavor. Um, Another shameless plug. Check out, check us out on <laughs> on Rooster's <laughs> Instagram, whatever that was. Yeah, uh, but um, as my personal projects, my own personal like stories, I love to, um, you know, I, I'm more focusing on drama aspect of things, uh, filmmaking, uh, Asian projects, sort of like Asian stories and stuff like that. I'm starting to, I'm trying to create more, yeah, writing more Asian projects and uh or 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 characters involved you know um and and that's what i love doing nowadays has that always been uh, a part of your writing like writing um uh, asian stories and having asian characters in there or weirdly enough actually um it's just recently has happened because i i've noticed that yeah it's so weird i've noticed that it's because I have a, a a lot of story, you know, like as a writer or, or some, you know, a creative as a creative pursuit. You we think of ideas and we write all of these things down. And I have this Google Keep that I have, and I have like hundreds of stories, like tiny little snippets of like, okay, this guy is, you know, stuck in a, you know, stuck in a space spaceship or whatever, and he's he's immortal, you know, and you know all these other ideas that you have and all this stuff, and I just noticed guilty as charged for some reason a lot of them are not uh asian or 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 you know or people of color which is like I, it baffles me so i started like thinking reflecting on this like what the hell's wrong with me um but but i think it's because of you know the books that we read things that we get into i don't know it's the influence from media though i i kind of had the same experience too where where um, in in university I I had made right. a short film um, for my grad film about about a, a, a something that happened in my life and um, between choosing a uh, uh, between choosing two Asian actors and two, choosing two white actors for some reason my brain kind of went towards the two white actors as my cast because um, because uh, yeah right like it's it's weird it's this like so weird thing that. Um, just watching enough media with with a certain type of people, you start thinking that media has to be like good media per se has to be that type of person. And so I think this like push right now for more diverse stories is so important because that yeah. way, like people yeah. um, people in the younger yeah. generation aren't gonna have these thoughts of like you know I have to have you know some uh, a, a white person in there in order for it to feel like a real movie. Like people can watch. Oh my God, that's true, right? Like people can watch Minari and 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 these these Asian films that are coming out and and feel really inspired and want to like aspire to make those kind of films. And I think that's that's what I think would be a really amazing future to see. 
any project that is pushing for diversification, I think that that needs to be um, supported um, because we need to show uh, the the suits, the big guys, the the producers out there, the executives that that there is an audience. You know, when Crazy Rich Asian came out. I told my friends right away. I was like, I don't even care about the story. Just go watch it, support it. Go out there, watch it right away. I told my girlfriend, well, my wife nowadays. No, 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 no. Um, I told her, <laughs> I was like, go watch it. I told her brothers, like, go watch Crazy Rich Asian just yeah. to show everybody that there is a, um, a support for Asian. Yeah. And really, it's because of that success of that film, that success of that film really helped with the push. As much as like, you know, people were saying kind of negative things about it. Um, it. It really did help with the push for, for more diverse stories. Another thing too is like, um, is that there's a, 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 an untapped resource, untapped stories in these BIPOC characters. Because for, for, yeah, for centuries, we've been writing about white characters. Okay, sure. We've, we've explored that, that, that part of the land, but hey, check out the BIPOC characters. What kind of stories can you dig from that, right? And it's, so it's about the cultures as well. Like if you're if you're writing yeah. a, a story about a Filipino person lost in Mars, um, the the cultural aspect of it could come into play, and there's no way that um, it would have been done before because the story hasn't been done before. This this character in the situation hasn't been done before, so it could. Yeah, it, it's a just whole new perspective on that sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna end off with a, a few rapid fire questions that I, I ask everyone. Uh, what's the worst advice you were ever given? Okay. <laughs> Ooh, the worst advice that the worst advice that's ever worst given advice that you were ever given. It, it, it's totally subjective. Like, Sorry. In life. In yeah, life. in life, in anything. But film, you can it can be film related if you want. What the hell? <laughs> um, the worst advice that's ever given to me, I'd probably say, "Holy moly!" Um, let's 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 run back to that question. I okay. I, I'll think about that. What's the best advice you're ever given? <laughs> Wait, the best advice that I've ever given, or that's ever you given. were ever given that was ever given to you. Oh, okay, that's ever. Uh, keep going. I would say, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. That, that's that's wow. yeah. It's it's one of those things that uh, uh, that that I've I've read. Um, and, and a lot of people always told me about this too. Like just keep going. Just just no matter what, man. Just just keep doing your thing. I'm I'm still thinking about the worst advice, and I'll get back to it. <laughs> just, <laughs> like I've I've had the worst advice from friends. Like, terrible. <laughs> so it's, I'll it's get too back to much which one's the In your opinion, what does a, a more diverse film industry look like? Stories upon stories and movies upon movies where color and, and skin, yeah, skin color and whatever race the character doesn't matter. Whatever gender doesn't matter. It's just your. You're making a story because it's a story. Yeah. It's not about being a diversity hire per se, but it's about actually telling a good story with that character. 
Mm-hmm. And not only that, and not only that, it's like really mirroring what what our real world is, which is a very colorful world, and uh, and uh, that needs to be represented in the medium, right? And uh, and I think that's that's the future that that is gonna that I would like to see. Well, thank you so much for for being here with us. You're welcome, brother. Woo! I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rodman as much as I did. I really didn't know much about what goes behind the life of visual effects artists until now. I loved how Rodman went into detail on the issues of the job, but also how sometimes it's worth it because of the people you work with. If you're interested in working in an environment where people are passionate about making art and feel like you're part of a team, it sounds like visual effects would be a really great department to be a part of. Just remember to watch out for that high-tech professionals clause in your contract. My favorite thing about that conversation though was the end, as I don't think I've ever had a conversation with anyone about how media subconsciously influences a person's creativity. This is something I discovered quite recently, and to share this with someone who feels the same way is really reaffirming. And we'd love to hear from you if you feel the same way as well, or just any thoughts about what we've said in the podcast. Please uh, find us on Instagram and Facebook and reach out to us there, or uh, subscribe to our newsletter as well if you haven't already, because Rodman has sent us a bunch of resources we would love to share with you. Thank you again today uh, for joining us, and I'll see you on set. Thanks for listening to BIPOC Credits by Andy Wong. This episode was produced by Nightingale. Our editor is Rihanna Toy. Graphics by Joshua Lamb. Theme music by Peter Robinson and Patrick Fiore. Intro and outro voiceover by Mike Lee. Thank you to our community partner, culturebrew.art, for supporting us. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram at BIPOC Credits. If you're enjoying what we're doing here, consider supporting us on Patreon and subscribe to our newsletter to get all the juicy information we didn't quite get to in this podcast. Thank you once again for listening to BIPOC Credits. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.